papers. I'm a rock star, I could've joined Slayer. Got the drum in the car, that Slayer. Get put in the box with a player. AR on the box, came with a laser. I go cause I up, yeah, just like I cable. That, yo, we made it in cable. I go bother me, yo, just like a blazer. Can't start with the I link another one later. I gotta get it together. I'm living my life like a rebel. They try to lock me in a kennel. I beat the case with a symbol. Fresh out of court, yeah. Jump in the porch, yeah. Slide through the hood, yeah. Everything good, yeah. Hold out the mall, 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 hold out the mall. What's going on, internet? Analytic here, aka Dreams, and I would like to welcome you to mine, which I call the Notorious Mass Effect Podcast. I'm a hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of R&B mixed in. For episode 30, we're going to be getting into Little Dirk, The Voice, Playboy Cardi's Whole Lot of Red, Oculus Quest 2, and Little Wayne sells Nicki and Drake's Masters. But before that, make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. Also, make sure to share this podcast and share this five star five stars on Apple Podcasts as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Now that I've survived through the intro, let's get into the quote of the pod. Getting into the quote of the pod, we're going to be talking about Little Dirk and his newest album. Well, um, I don't even know if newest is a word, but his latest album called The Voice. Now, this album was supposedly or allegedly supposed to drop when 6ix9ine dropped his album. I forget what it's called. Doesn't really make too much of a difference since that album wasn't the greatest, but it was supposed to drop around that time. I think they was trying to drop around the same time. But for some reason, they didn't uh, go through with that. So now we have a new project from Lil Durk and it's coming out later than we thought it was going to come out. And the only reason we thought it was going to come out was because he dropped the single with Drake, which wasn't his single, it was Drake's. But then like right after that, he announced something called The Voice. He did not say it was a single. He just said it was something titled the voice and so fans didn't know if it was a single album people were speculating the album because he just dropped the album this year and i mean not to put Lil dirk in a box but Lil dirk's looked at as one of those artists that don't really go away for three years after dropping like he he doesn't drop frequently but if he drops two albums in one year people won't be like oh this is too much you know he's one of those type of artists where he can put out multiple projects because he doesn't and it's not a slight he doesn't do the greatest of numbers but he does put up numbers so it's, it's something that it takes time to build up these type of albums but the type of um return on investment that you get from a little dark album isn't doesn't cause for pushing albums like a year or two back like doesn't mean that the type of budget that Lil Durk has you can put out multiple albums in a year so with Lil Durk announcing this album uh called The Voice it honors the late King Vaughn and that's because I think King Vaughn's his actual cousin if I'm not mistaken from Chicago of course and okay they say that he's he was uh his friend 
that was okay so vaughn was his friend that was just signed to dirk but he died in november if he wasn't aware of a shot outside of an atlanta nightclub I, I talked about the whole situation if you look up king vaughn mass effect i talked about that whole situation and how that went up and how that came about so on the on his cover of the voice his latest album he has king vaughn next to him and you know they're like posing the, the uh yeah the posing so for the newest the the latest release off of the album a, a lot of the singles i didn't think were well, not singles a lot of the tracks off the album i didn't think it was uh it didn't jump out to me too much like the voice really jumped out to me which is surprising because usually it's hard for artists to find a single like pinpoint what's the single for that album but for Lil Durk, he kind of knows what works for him. And he kind of has that formula down of what his fans want. And he delivers, if not uh, every single time, he delivers close to it. And that especially jumped out with me because King Von was one of the standouts on the album, in my opinion. Like, I feel like I don't know if his vocals was mixed better than everybody else's on the album. Like, I don't know if that was on purpose, but the way that King Von came on the track that he was uh, featured on it just felt like it was his song featuring Lil Durk like it didn't feel like it was Lil Durk's song which it might not have been but it's still nice to for him to know w the best light to put King Von in so as far as the whole album I mean it's 16 tracks I don't think it's too long I don't know the actual uh runtime I would have to look at like Spotify or something I'm, I'm looking at something else right now but I didn't really want to talk about the whole album I wanted to get into the the three songs that I like the most because as a whole album if I went through it you, you would probably think I, I don't like it because <laughs> some of the songs are just repetitive but just for me pointing out the three songs that I did like I feel like it would put this album in more of a better um put this in a better light because I don't really think this is a album type of album that you need to critique because of it um not being like a whole album honoring king von but just the whole vibe of it it felt like he was putting his pain through the music kind of like what artists do not what artists like artists do that all the time that's usually how you get the best music like you you ever uh see interviews from an artist later on down in like years down the line and they'll come back and say oh yeah when i made this drop when this song dropped and everybody was loving it and it was staying on the billboards number one for like 10 uh 10 weeks straight i was just going through it i was having the worst time of my life like those type of stories come out and then you'll be just in disbelief like how they could be how the mental state could have been that in that situation with them having the number one record not even the number one record just the most successful record like prime example is the baby when the baby puts out records not even the the songs uh, honoring his dad and his brother even the songs before that when he was just battling with the walmart the walmart situation um the house invasion situation he was putting out songs and people had no idea about that until he went on the breakfast club and talked about it so it's just stuff like that how a lot of these artists put their pain through the music and for this album i felt that was what he was doing so i didn't really want to critique it harshly and i'm still going to keep it fair of course and the way i'm gonna keep it fair is just not to tell you that i'm just going to focus on the three songs i like the most so getting into the first song that i like the most uh we're going to talk about the single because of course i feel like that's one of the best tracks on the album i feel like 
Dirk already said this, but Dirk has a great ear for singles. And I don't know if he helped Drake out. Like, I don't know if Drake has some singles he was looking at. And, and then Vom, I mean, Dirk was like, well, that one that we got, I mean, I think that's pretty nice. I don't know if that's how it went, but it feels like Vaughn has, <laughs> I keep saying Vaughn. It feels like Dirk has one of those ears that just, he knows what will work and what won't so that's always uh, nice and it's pretty funny because whenever you see him and like young thug on the computer screen when he was like when young thug was pointing at the computer screen and, and uh dirk was looking up it, it was funny because that that's really how i feel like they'd be in a the studio they just break down every little detail and really like take this craft seriously which is why young thug and Lil dirk come out with amazing music at times so Let's play the snippet from The Voice, and you can hear that right now. I was going through that pain alone. I was going through that phase alone. We all changed, you say I changed alone. Sleepless night, barely changing clothes. You know right, you was wrong. I was tired, they didn't realize. Certain vibes, it don't feel right. Plenty nights, get me traumatized. Why they lie? I do love my guys. You looking crazy, no the trenches raise me. I'm dirty, yo, what on Chicago Jay-Z. And I was scared how that money made me. I caught a vibe today, was looking crazy. Money ran low, right? Fellas can't vote right. I can't even vote for who I believe in ain't going right. I done drop a tear inside the funeral, rain more right. And I So as you heard that single, uh, it was just, it, it was pretty smooth, like throughout the whole process of like listening to it, the verse, the chorus, the bridge going into the chorus. It was one, it, it was something that stood out on the album. It wasn't like any of the other tracks on the, on the album, especially the production. I, I noticed that from the jump. <laughs> so getting into the second song, I, my second favorite song off of the album is of course the track that i was just uh referring to when i talked about this whole honoring of king vaughn and it's the song with king vaughn actually featured and i just felt like his i don't know if his audio was mixed better or if they was like okay make his put him in a better light which i think is what they did right here but it, it was just a great song in general in general i mean of course you're gonna get vaughn talking about you know i don't know what type of beef he has with tuka but like for some reason he's always talking about like putting him in a pack which for those that don't know what that means that's very um that's good that you don't know what that means <laughs> so that, let's just say it's nothing um of substance and it's, it's nothing that should be um let's just say that putting people in packs is not it's not um it, it's not law abiding <laughs> so yeah um we're gonna get to the snippet with Vaughn and this is my second favorite track off the album well, let me see what it's called first. I think it's called Still Trapping featuring King Von. And here it is right now. This ain't no G, this just smoking niggas for real. This that that how you choking and got two could kill. Chasing clout and claiming bodies they ain't do for real. I promise that this strap is real. This ain't no G, this shit smoking this 
Bryce for real. This that that how you choking and got two could kill. Chasing clout and claiming bodies they ain't do for real. In my but I promise that this strap is real. Ain't gon' shoot for real. They ain't gon' shoot for real. Call up Muwapi, grab his Glock and he gon' shoot the kill. I done hit stains for real. Uh, game for real. Uh, jail or tail. I done seen hits from my cell. Post my bill. Uh, scream for 12. Uh, all these bills came from the cartel. They say I got mail. Damn, who got no? Uh, that boy a trophy, I'ma put him on the shelf. This ain't no G, this shit smoking this for real. So as you heard, um, King Von was definitely in his, uh, what they say, in in his bag. Now I'm just playing. Yeah, he was definitely in his bag with his uh, verse. And just the way he was rapping kind of reminded me of the album he just dropped before he passed away. Which makes me feel like this was his song. And Lil Durk probably just, you know, put it on his album to give it a little bit more exposure. Which is nothing wrong with that. So moving on to my third favorite track off the album is Going Strong. And I feel like this was a nice switch up of pace on his album because it was starting to sound the same a little bit. So getting into the snippet that I like from Going Strong, I felt like he was rapping at, at a good enough level that um, I, felt, I felt like it was a standout on the album. So here is Going Strong snippet right now. Be direct when you be talking, cause you talking like a gang. A lot of get confused, cause they be knowing that I'm famous. Speaking of famous, I had some famous touching on the ankles. Put a new ski chain on my neck, and I feel a love when it dangles. When they daddy mama trip like they ain't know that they was dangerous. You say you love them on your page, your mama knew that they was strange. When I got it out the mud, I ain't really know about being able. Try to take care of my whole family, try to keep them being stable. And I can't lie, I'll be claiming on the realest I can't lie, that fake love feeling different I can't lie, all the real gotta feel this I can't lie, we going strong with these millions Going strong with these millions Going strong with these Going strong with these millions Going strong for these Told me that you told, but I wasn't running with it I know how it is when you get old, that's why I ain't stunning I had a team out road truckers, I got tunnel vision You can ask them how I feel to be down, I was in that tunnel with him When what's his name, he had got shot, what's his name, was running with him And we had got him, what's his name, man, cause he was with him So yeah, like, the, throughout that part of the, the song, he starts to talk about, you know Like, certain stuff that he, he does, to, like, behind the scenes So he obviously can't say names, but You probably get what he's trying to say <laughs> So yeah, that's my review of the Lil Durk album I felt like the album as a whole was just a great way to honor King Von in a way because he put him in the cover title and the feature that he has like the King Von feature on this album is definitely a standout and wouldn't it be wouldn't it surprise me if it, if it was his song before Lil Durk took it and put it on his album for more exposure so Click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of the King Von album? Why do I keep saying King Von? What do you think of the Lil Durk, the voice album? And what's your favorite track off of the album? Now, with that said, we're going to switch it up and get into music. Okay, getting into music. We're going to talk about an album that was uh, very trending on the the timelines twitter instagram i think every social media had this album trending because like 
it was very polarizing. Now, in a good or bad uh, way, it, it was just polarizing to say, to just to sum up, sum it up in one word. That's the word I would use. So, Playboy Cardi finally dropped his second album. Well, they're calling it his second album. I don't even know how they're counting it as a second when I saw like multiple albums on Spotify. But, anyways, you know how to when you get signed to a label, they like to make everything your sophomore and debut album. So. After dropping his single at May, uh, at May, um, I think he was trying to say at me, but you know, he put it in a way that, you know, it's just, it's definitely not English. But anyways, um, then he also put a music video for it in April and his, and then he teased his fans saying that he has a gift for you on December 2nd. He finally announced that the whole lot of red was coming out on December 22nd. And a lot of people was like very excited about this because they thought that this album was going to come out sooner rather than later. But, you know, with Uzi trolling him a little bit, talking about whenever he drops, I'm a drop talking about like he's going to drop his deluxe or I don't know what he was going to drop. A lot of people thought that Lil Uzi was still going to drop, even though he's going to drop the album, a deluxe and even some even a whole tape with future. They thought that he was still going to try to drop and um, put out music around playboy cardi so playboy cardi literally had to find the only space that he knew nobody would drop because for those that don't know the music industry really shuts down around christmas time because i mean you go on break and everything so you can't really get records pushed like you usually do like the interviewing getting interviewed going from radio station to radio station the usual rollout you can't really do at christmas time because that's really the only time that like kind of busy people get off so with Playboy Cardi a whole lot of red, it, it wasn't as affected by this in my eyes as when the album dropped. Everybody and like everybody in the mom just took took the time to just call it trash. Like in every uh, translation possible in, in the world. In, in English they was calling it trash, uh, Spanish they was calling it trash, Arabic, uh, French, uh, German. German language? I don't know. They, they was calling it trash in every single language you could imagine. I mean, it was one of those type of things that you just look at the timeline and be like, man, I wonder how Playboy Cardi's feeling right now. Because even his fans came out and said that this album was garbage. Like, it was... I've ac- I actually only found three people that actually liked the album. And that was weird because it's... You wouldn't think that an album like this would be so scrutinized when Playboy Cardi has never been that type of artist that just delivers the most mind-blowing music. Like, it's always something that's very surface level and, and very much of a vibe. So when you go in with the expectation that you're just going to come out a whole new person and just start acting different after listening to this album, I feel like you, you would have to be disappointed because it's something that... It wasn't intended to do like the album's not intended to fix your life the album was intended to to create a vibe and for the people listening to it i think they was just following the hype honestly because 30 minutes after the album came out literally i saw a whole trend of people calling it trash and calling it a whole lot of skips which i did chime in on twitter talking about a whole lot of skips but it's more just uh um what do you call it the irony it was more just like just playing playing around with the with the um 
with people are always calling it trash but in my like personal opinion i don't think the album is trash at all and i don't think it's great <laughs> like i feel like it's, it's very much average for an average artist like i don't know what like what do people expect from playboy cardi do they expect him to come on a like boom bad type beat rapping like kendrick like what, what do people expect from from cardi who literally got became famous for making baby noises like it's it's the, the expectations of playbook cardi's fans i think was a little um outlandish and in, in a way that just very like very much confused the perception of the album because we still don't know what people actually think when a whole hype train of calling the trash starts up people love negativity so they're just gonna flock towards it and call it trash too so it's just one of those situations for cardi that he just has to figure out how he's going to deliver some more music because obviously he's going to put out deluxe which he actually said he's going to put out deluxe uh deluxe for the album because like the fans just didn't like it at all so i mean he's gonna he's basically been forced to find a happy medium and making the fans happy which i do not envy his position at all so getting back into the actual music, the actual the, the um, package of, of collection of songs, I think that the album was very solid in the fact that it did for me what I wanted it to do. Like for, for what I sought out for the album, it accomplished for me. I knew the production was going to be crazy. Playboy Cardi is one of those artists that unfortunately gets carried by the beat. So, you know those Jordan memes when they be like, um, when they'll make a meme like LeBron carrying the, the Cavs for for uh, four quarters straight and they'll show the, the Michael Jordan in the arms of Scottie Pippen meme? That's how I feel like the producer like comes out after every time making a beat and just trying to engineer it in a way that makes Cardi seem like the best version of himself. Because these engineers be really making the greatest beats of 2020 on these Playboy Cardi Uzi type albums. Like this type of production given to, that's why I like Travis Scott so much. Cause I feel like he meets the level of production that he gets. And for Playboy Cardi, he just gets carried by the beat like so often. And, and that's one of those things that is very commendable to the engineer in my opinion, because like when, we, when are we gonna start Instead of saying the album was trash, start saying that the artist didn't live up to our expectations, but the engineering on the album was amazing. I came into the album wanting to hear great beats, which I did. Wanting to hear great interlude, well not interludes, kind of great um, transitions into other beats, which I did. And just the overall sound that this album was going to produce, I wanted, to, I wanted it to be different, which it was. So just hearing that, it, I didn't think it was bad at all. Now, getting into Playboy Cardi as an artist <laughs> and how he performed over these beats, I would not say it was average or even definitely not above average and, and not even average. I think it was slightly below average, but it wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't something that if I hear it, I'm like, oh, he's off beat or, oh, turn that off. Like it wasn't one of those. It was one of those that was just like, the beats are so fire on this album that I just have to keep listening. So he and he's not performing in a worse. He's not making the the beat unlistenable, if that's a word. 
he's not making it in a way that i just can't listen to the whole track i'm listening for the beat but also listening for him to see if he can like stay afloat and i feel like he did for most of this album not some tracks he really like some tracks he drowned like it was just bad like it was just i don't know how people like stay in the studio listening to that but for the most part i feel like he stayed afloat on most of the beats and especially on some of the tracks i feel like he even shined over the beat in the production so let's get into the actual review of the album. Y'all probably didn't even think I was going to have such a deep, a deep dive into a whole lot of Red album. Because <laughs> it's not one of those type of albums that people are deep diving into. They're just calling it trash and moving on. So at least I'm trying to give constructive feedback. Track number one, Rockstar Made. I thought this was a, a strong start to the album. The, I mean, of course, the production came in crazy. Something different. Reminded me of Uzi, but also Playboy Cardi is his own little thing. Playboy Cardi came on and I think he performed well over the beat and I feel like it, it made for a solid track. Now, number two, Go to the Moon. I feel like Kanye, going back to that Michael Jordan meme again, I think he carried this song a lot. And I feel like Kanye had uh, a listen. He had a listenable verse. Is that a, I'm saying all type of things. I don't even know if, if there's like like version of that in the definition like listenable is that actual like somebody looked it up and let me let me know <laughs> so Kanye Kanye West gave a, a decent verse I think Playboy Cardi not so much but since Kanye did such a good job of, of, of keeping this track afloat I think it was solid track number three is where I can understand where all the hate comes from and I'm just gonna leave it at that Track number four, uh, Benno, exclamation point. I like that track. I thought it was solid. <laughs> That's all I have for that. So uh, track number five, Jump Out the House. Once again, I thought this was one of the tracks that a lot of people um, were right in critiquing the album, even though they just called it trash. You know, a lot of people only know how to call something trash or fire. You know, the constructive feedback for certain projects is just not there, which, I, which makes me feel for these type of artists. Which is why I try to give this perspective. Track number six, Metamorphosis. Now, this is where I thought it started getting interesting. So this, in my opinion, opinion, I know it's going to be like a hot take or whatever, but him and Kid Cudi literally had one of the best collabs of 2020. Now, I know when I say that, that sounds like insane and all type of artists, you know, you're probably naming all type of legendary icon artists that nobody ever listens to. No, I'm just joking. But um, Metamorphosis featuring Kid Cudi is one of my favorite songs um, of this month. And that's very specific, I know. But seeing that the Kid Cudi album came out and me liking the feature of, of Kid Cudi, it kind of makes sense for, for like me to like this track so much. So um i mean especially if you saw my man on the moon 3 review you can see that and then you just type in man on the moon 3 and then type in mass effect it should pop up but that would be my review what that was my review of the album and it will make more sense of why i'm so high on this song and so high that i um actually went through and picked out a snippet for this and yeah i'm gonna play that now and so you can hear what i liked about the track and well, actually, I'm just going to play Kid Cudi's verse. So you're going to hear Kid Cudi's verse and I'm going to come back in. So, just one second. Once I pop it, you know, once I find it, why does it say two minutes? It says two minutes. Okay, a whole lot of red. 
Okay, I found it. I, it had another, it had another track up, you know, technical uh, difficulties and background stuff. So, anyways, here is Kid Cudi's verse on "Whole Lot of Red." The track is called "Metamorphosis." So the Kid Cudi sound along with the Playboy Cardi's ad-libs along with the verse from Kid Cudi and Playboy Cardi's verse leading up to Kid Cudi's verse. I thought those in that order is what helped the song be great in, in my opinion. Now great may be a little stretch of, of terms of or adjectives to use but I think that the, the song was great. <laughs> so. Uh, getting into track number seven, Slayer. I think it was a good follow-up to Metamorphosis. Very solid. Track number eight, No Sleep. Yeah, I thought this was a good track. Um, track number nine, I thought it was okay. Track number ten, Teen X, Future and Future. I thought this song was not good at all. And it was surprising because this song was on a lot of people's... Uh, if I was to cut off a lot of songs, it would be this. And they left on... They left teen x on the list of of what they would keep on the album which is surprising because i don't think the track was that good in in my opinion um track number 11 meh it was meh <laughs> no i'm just playing it wasn't just that um i think it was not good at all so <laughs> track number 12 a uh, vamp anthem i thought that song I thought this track kind of kicked off the new i think this is this what kicked off no okay this was the end to the so this was i figured it i don't know if it on apple music if it shows like a side b side or whatever i listen on spotify so i don't ever see those type of things so i knew from the tone of the production that this was ending off the uh first half of the album because i kind of went back and i was like well it's not 24 songs so like why would this be you know like i was trying to put it together but i think that these was i think the first half of this was more ex like it was more of an experiment and the second half was more of like the, the usual what we love from cardi well what the fans love from cardi because you know i don't really listen to cardi that much so vamp anthem i thought it was okay then we get into the second half of the track now i thought the second half was better than the first i'm not gonna i'm not like I, honestly i thought the second half was better than the first so i don't know if he needs to just stick to his what he's good at because the first half they say the, the like i actually listened to the fans and what they like thought about the album the first half was more expert like more of an experiment and the second half was more of what they used are used to from cardi which is good because at least he knows that what he's at least he knows that his bread and butter what he usually does on these tracks 
it, it's something that works like it still works so i don't think that's a thing to hang his head on uh, hang his head on because like the second half of the album is, is something that fans know you for and they liked it more than the first half from what i'm hearing and i liked it too i mean i liked it before i even went into like talking to uh, cardi fans so new neon i thought this was a, a standout on the album and i actually have a little snippet from him i believe yeah i have a snippet from it and this is the start of the second ha half so i'm gonna start it from the beginning and play the snippet and this is called a uh, new neon so here it is right now So yeah, I thought that track was a great start off to his uh, second half because it just felt more like Cardi to me. Like it felt like more of what he was good at and not too much of the experimental like experimental type flows. Um, getting into control, this actually has academics on it, which is pretty funny. And it gets into this long like drawn out type of track and, and the way he's just going over it is something that... Uh, it was just solid in my opinion. It wasn't nothing too crazy. I don't think it was bad at all. So that track was solid. Track number 15, Punk Monk. Um, for some reason, Cardi fans really like this song. I'm not too much of a big fan of it. So I would just say it was uh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think it was trash, but the people was hyping it up, the fans. So I think that probably hurt my... Uh, perception of it because that for me i didn't even think it was that good and then seeing all the the praise for it it just made me think like yeah, i don't know that ain't it <laughs> be like that's not it um track number 16 on that time i thought this was an okay track track number 17 king vamp i thought this was a good track um track number 18 place that's how you know this is a long album i'm just getting the tracks and be like yeah i thought it was okay <laughs> oh i'm okay hold on I think I had one of the, the weirdest things happen where you, you just catch, uh, you know how players in, in a basketball game, they'll catch like a cramp or something that'll take them out the whole game. I think I caught one of those type of injuries, but like a, I, I caught like a, a podcaster type injury where I just kept hiccuping. Like I, I just, it just couldn't, it just wouldn't stop. <laughs> and I'm contemplating if I even want to leave it in there. Like I was really trying to get through it. And I just kept hiccuping like after every single word. I don't know. You, you probably wouldn't understand that like, you, you have to like. Yeah, you probably won't understand, but I definitely had to stop. So, anyways, picking up from where I left off, <laughs> um, I was I was getting into track number nineteen, Sky. Now, this is my third favorite track off the whole album, and which I, which is why I think that the second half is better than the first half, because I feel like it just had more of my type of music that I was looking from, uh, looking for from Cardi, and I I hate that it took nineteen tracks into a twenty four. 24 track album to to get to this place but it was just i mean if i listen to the whole thing and something stands out to me at track number 19 must means i was kind of invested and just didn't tune it out so 
don't know it's good and you gotta take the good with the bad most artists try to take it without though so um this is my third favorite track off of playboy cardi's whole lot of red i'm gonna play this snippet so y'all can hear right now I told my boy go roll like 10 blends for me. I told my boy go roll like 10 blends for me. I'm trying to get high till I can't feel nothing. I'm trying to get high till I can't feel nothing. I can fall out of the sky and I still won't feel nothing. I can fall out of the sky and I still won't feel nothing. I'm way too high. I'm way too high. I'm way too high. So yeah, I just like the vibe that that whole track kind of represented and just the, the production. I feel like Playboy Cardi kind of finally met the production level. And it's not as far as bars, just as far as the creating the vibe. So I feel like this track was a standout on the album and which is ends my favorite tracks off the album, which is I mean, I think it's pretty good. I mean, the, my favorite tracks are kind of spread out over the album, which is maybe maybe the reason I have a better perception just because of me, just because of my favorite tracks being spread out so far into the album. Like I would listen to it. I'd be like, OK, I think it's going down. Then I hear another track that'll be like, OK, well, I feel like he's picking it up. And then I'll hear a third track, which was track number 19, Sky. And I just feel like he picked it up again. And then you get into track number 20, which was just solid, called Over. Track number 21, I Love You, I Hate You. That that track was okay. Number 22, track number 22, that I forgot. He really threw a lot of tracks to make his fans happen, uh, happy. But I don't think it planned out the way he thought it was. I thought it would. Track number 23, Not Playing. Um, I thought that track was just okay. And then track number 24, Feel Like Dying. Um, I thought that was a good send off to the album. Like a great, just this is a great send off like of, of the album. So like, I mean, based off of my review, I'm not saying that this album is just the greatest thing ever from Playbook Cardi. I'm just saying that it's not as bad as people was making it. Like, if it was bad to me, Trash is something I can't listen to again. The track with him and Kid Cudi, I could listen to over and over. The track called Sky, I could listen to over and over. And the track called New Neon, I could listen to over and over. And there's also other tracks on this album I would listen to. Probably not over and over, but I wouldn't be like, turn that off. Except for some of the tracks. Some of the tracks on here was pretty bad. I don't know what my worst track I would pick off of this album, but um Yeah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna die going to you see enough of that on the internet, all the hate going for a whole lot of red. So me trying to give constructive criticism, I'm just gonna leave it on a positive note. So yeah, click my link tree in my bio, let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of Playbook Cardi's whole lot of red? And do you think that he should have to revert back to his old ways to make fans happy or should he keep trying to experiment and with that i'm gonna switch it up and we're gonna get into gaming okay getting into gaming 
We're going to talk about the Oculus Quest 2. Just getting right into it. This is a wireless VR that delivers fresh experiences for and for um, developers because it's a new a new creation basically. I mean, it's not a new creation. It's just an upgrade on the original creation which was the Oculus uh, I think Oculus Rift. I don't know. Oculus Quest 1. <laughs> so, this is the second one. It's starting at $299, basically $300. Um, less than the original Quest. Well, $100 less than the origi original Quest, which is pretty interesting. Um, as you can tell, I'm just I'm, I'm reading it. I'm learning this as, as we go. So, uh, Quest 2 ships in October 3rd, meaning that it's already out there to the world. Um, you can also pre order it. Do they mean t uh, October 3rd? Okay, so this this article was from a while ago. So, anyways, uh, they, they say the Quest 2 is the next generation of gaming, which is pretty interesting because I don't think that too many, I don't think that too many um, VR headsets are really popularized in the culture of gaming because only games I see that are popular are Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero type games and the little Beat Saber game that I've actually played personally and I actually enjoyed myself. Like that game was fun for me. But the Quest 2 pack, the Quest 2 is is innovative in a way that it, it just revolves around everything that the, the Oculus Insight was uh, based off of. So basically the insight that the Oculus Quest 1 gained the, the sequel to Oculus Quest 2 kind of um, offered more capabilities such as the AI capability, the 6 gigabytes of RAM, the new display featuring the 18 by uh, 32 by 1920 pixels, which is a lot of nerd talk to be like completely honest, but it has 50% more pixels than the original Quest, which for people who care about graphic graphics a lot and, and it's just one that I mean if you wear a VR headset you would have to care about graphics because you're wearing a VR headset like you wouldn't want to wear something that's giving you like 10 frames per second while you have a VR headset on or you would probably become like nauseated and then you'll probably start throwing up everywhere so yeah they these VR headsets go through like strict regulation on how to control motion sickness and, and things like that. They have to have games that run at a certain speed and certain performance, like certain level performance wise, or it just won't get cleared for um, consumption. But yeah, they was giving some some good options for the Oculus Quest 2, if I do say so myself. I mean, some of the things on this list. I wouldn't mind playing in a VR like Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Who wouldn't want to play like Star Wars in, in VR? I mean, that's basically the, the, the whole thing that threw me off about Beat Saber is I was I thought I was holding a lightsaber. And I mean, you kind of are because it's but you're hitting stuff with it, which is not like actual like stormtroopers and stuff. It was just like blocks that came with the um, with the game. Like it was a Guitar Hero type game but you're using a saber so it was very interesting um some of the other games are like the walking dead and just those are the type of games that will get you in get your feet wet with the whole vr experience and just helps you understand what's the best way to to uh, best utilize my vr headset because it's an all-in-one type vr and so with the quest 2 is is more it's from people 
it's to help people discover more of what VR is about, which is why they designed a, a new UI uh, for the Oculus uh, Quest 2. And it has built in IPD adjustments, which again is nerd talk, but basically it lets you adjust the screen for your visual comfort. The Quest 2 is advancing the state of VR, as a lot of people love the uh, are loving the upgrade of the Oculus Quest 1. So the Quest 2 is definitely bringing some eyes or some attention that doesn't usually go towards VR gaming. So in that aspect, it definitely um, helped out the gaming industry because for VR, it doesn't really... I wouldn't say it doesn't sell well, but it doesn't sell as much as console games, which does everybody have a VR headset to play like VR games on? Like, I don't think so. I don't think it's one of those things where it's like a PlayStation you see in every living room. It's not to that state yet. So it's not surprising to me that the the Quest 2 is not on that level of uh, consumption yet. So, yeah. That's all I really have for the Quest 2. Um, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of the Oculus Quest 2? And do you actually plan on purchasing purchasing one? Or do you already have one? So, yeah. That's all I had to say about that. And now we're going to switch it up and get into pop culture. Getting into pop culture. We're going to talk about something that was more of an alleged or more of a rumor type than uh, actual confirmation that we didn't get an actual confirmation from an actual like respectable uh, news source. But a lot of respectable news sources did come out with this news that allegedly says that Lil Wayne reportedly sells Drake and Nicki Minaj's uh, Minaj Masters and a hundred million dollar deal with UMG. This is surprising because Lil Wayne really doesn't have his um, masters <laughs> like at all. Like he has them, but it's like a portion of the portion. Like it's not a lot. And apparently he just sold that portion of a portion to Universal Music Group for a hundred million back in June. So this is coming out later, which is why people are saying that it's, it's even more uh, something that Lil Wayne would do as He's notorious for not having a great, the greatest of, uh, let's just say deals or contracts, especially with Birdman. So yeah, um, Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Tyga was on that list of, of masters giving back to UMG for a hundred million. And it seems pretty cheap for how big Drake and Nicki are. Respect to Tiger, but he's not as big as Drake and Nikki. But a lot of people were just coming out and, and giving their two cents on their deals and, and saying that that saying that it wasn't as um he didn't get as compensated as he should have for having sold a portion of Drake and Nicki Minaj's masters. Which in my opinion, I don't think he even had the masters. I think he just had a portion of a portion and that like small percentage of what he had of his masters masters and what he had of drake and nikki's was just like i bet it was lower than 10 percent. like it wasn't a lot um so most of his masters or uh, drake masters is is owned by uh, i think young money is it young money or 
Cash Money. I, I whatever Birdman label is on, I think Drake has to go through him for everything. So like, Birdman has like a lot of what of what Drake used to do back in the day, and which is why Pusha T when he came out with that diss, always talked about how Lil Wayne gets a percentage of a percentage of another guy's percentage. So it, it's like it has to go through a lot of different people's hands before you you get a touch of the pie. Which is what he kind of took shots at with Lil Wayne and especially Drake. So with the whole master situation, I think people are not blowing this out of proportion, but it's just not that serious as Lil Wayne doesn't do the doesn't have the greatest of, of contracts or just doesn't have the greatest of deals. But it's still it's still surprising that somebody of his stature will keep going back to these old tendencies of giving your little literally giving your hard work away for nothing when when i say nothing i mean 100 million is not nothing in, in any stretch of the imagination but for what if he for, but for what of he could have got for uh his masters i don't think Lil wayne should not be selling uh, any type of masters with drake's name attached to it for 100 million like i don't think that's a good deal at all and but his deals with Birdman in the past may have just stretched him dry or just ran him dry as now he's just like I'm, I'm just gonna give out whatever I have and I'm not really gonna even think about it too much <laughs> like he's probably to the point where he don't care he, he probably just accepted like his fate like he's just gonna keep running into these type of deals so why not make some money off of it while he can which I feel like uh, music always grows in value if you're an iconic artist, which Drake and Nicki definitely are. It's only a matter of time where Drake's songs are gonna, or tracks are going to start being sampled by artist, up, up and coming artists. Because, I mean, some artists already are having their music sampled and they're still in the game, like Nas and Jay-Z. But then again, I mean, a lot of people are, are calling this fake and saying that Lil Wayne did not sell Nicki or Drake's masters. He sold Young Money to a parent company. The only projects impacted are the features where Lil Wayne appears. So basically saying that Lil Wayne, whenever he appeared on Drake and Nicki's uh, songs, they those portions of Lil Wayne are just given away. They say that Nicki owns her masters, but they don't know about Drake's current situation, which makes more sense. I mean, I just talked about the whole Birdman thing and Pusha T poking at Drake because of that. Nicki, on the other hand, I'm not too familiar, but from what I'm hearing, she owns her own masters. <laughs> that, that's funny. That, that's that's very uh, telling because I know, which I'm not the like the the how you say guru or something of, of music but i i'm pretty sure i know how to spot a person who actually owns the masters and it's usually not that hard you can actually like look up Nicki minaj's latest album and i mean just because you go through a major label or a major uh publication doesn't mean you don't own your masters but it's usually a pretty good indication on what um what engine you're going through to get your tracks and albums looked at by like get your tracks and albums consumed by the public because for those that don't know when you're signed to a major label they get you into doors you otherwise would not even get close to being in so looking at the there's actually no credits on the laptop version 
which is pre pretty disappointing. Um, I'm just gonna look it up on my phone. Only reason I want to look this up is because I think Nikki's never really came out and had a, a huge problem with the, with her label, and so it's, it's something that's very intriguing to me because. If Nikki really owns her masters, then whatever she was doing and whatever Drake was doing was vastly different. Like Nikki must have been, which I mean, Nikki does seem like a smart person. If, if you like listen to her music and just the way she conducts business, even though that in some interviews she just goes off on people and people just think it's for no reason. Um, yeah, with Nikki it's very in in interesting. So at the bottom of, of Nikki's album, her latest album, it says Young Money slash Cash Money Records. I don't think that's uh, independence. I think that's going through a label to get your music out there. So, I mean, just because you do that doesn't mean you you don't own your masters. But it, it would be hard pressed for me to, to, to think that Nikki owns her masters still being signed to Young Money. Yeah, that's all I really have for the Lil Wayne situation. It's all alleged. People don't even know if he sold it or not. So people are just talking, <laughs> basically. But anyways, um, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on my social, one of my social medias. What do you think of Lil Wayne not taking or not having the best of contracts and not being smart in that aspect? Well, not smart because I mean he makes a lot of money. But what do you think of Lil Wayne allegedly selling Nicki and Drake's masters? So yeah, getting into the overview of the pod, we started with the quote of the pod where we got into Little Dirk and his uh, latest album called The Voice, which he has a lot of tracks on it that was standouts, but the biggest track that I think that was a standout was the one with King Von, which is surprise not surprising. Interesting because Von was very honored throughout the album with him being on the cover and his verse, I think, being the best, so... I think that was a great solid tribute to King Von. Moving on to music, we talked about Playboy Cardi's whole lot of red. And unlike most 90 unlike 90% of the internet, I didn't kill it. Actually gave it constructive feedback. And just try to give him a perspective on how fans are looking at his album. Because it's not like he's listening to the pod. I mean he might be, but there's a slim chance <laughs> that he's listening. But just trying to give him constructive feedback other than just calling like tracks that he puts out trash. It's just not the way to go. Like it, like calling something trash or fire is not constructive feedback and doesn't help an artist grow at all. So moving on. And then we went into gaming, talking about the Oculus Quest 2. Really nothing to talk about that other than to say it's definitely an upgrade from the Oculus Quest. And people are saying that this is bringing more eyes to the VR gaming genre. Then we ended with pop culture talking about Lil Wayne selling Nicki and Drake's masters. And honestly, I don't even think this is true. But for the sake of content, I just talked about it and kind of wrapped up and summarized uh, Lil Wayne's bad contracts in the past. So, yeah, that's about it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Notorious Mass Effect podcast. And don't be afraid to send me a voice message. Voice message. Letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest and greatest activities. 
Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect.